Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Dylan Ogline. Dylan, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Hey, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. So I'd like you to uh, share just a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Sure. So, uh, yeah, right now I own a digital marketing agency called Ogline Digital. Uh, and basically, we, uh, we focus on direct response digital marketing solutions, which that's the fancy way of putting it, that we manage people's Facebook and, uh, Facebook and Google ads. That's, that's what we're doing for our clients. Uh, and then I also have an education company where uh, I teach people, I have a training program where I teach people uh, how to start and grow their own digital agency. And uh, that's pretty much what I'm focused on right now. And uh, uh, yeah, I'll let you take it from there, I guess. Well, you, you kind of <laughs> skipped over a whole lot of- uh, I, I know, you know, I don't know how much into the backstory back you want to dive into. Because I think they're going to find this really interesting. I mean, it's not like you just woke up at 22 and just, you know, somebody oh, yeah. had handed yeah. you a new MacBook and, and you were off and running. <laughs> so walk us through the kind of a quick recap of the earlier days. Sure, sure. Uh, I, the, the quick recap, uh, so I started my first business when I was 14, uh, selling cell phones on eBay. This is back for context. I'm 31. This is uh, 2003-ish, 2004. This is when the pre-iPhone, all that stuff. This is when the best phones, the best cell phones were in Europe and like America, for some reason, we were really lacking. So all the smartphones were from Europe. And as like a nerd, when I was that age, I really wanted one. And I don't know, I stumbled upon this wholesale company. I applied to be a wholesaler and they would, they proved me somehow, some way. So I was able to buy these European smartphones for wholesale price, ship them to the United States, pay all the fees and whatnot, and then flip them on eBay and make 50 to hundred bucks. Now, these that were was, unlocked and they, they were, they, they weren't GSM or whatever the, the standard was. They, they actually I don't worked even think in the they, US. Yeah, they worked in the US. Uh, I mean, technology has changed so much since then. I don't think you had to deal with the, uh, the unlocked issue mm-hmm. at the time. I could be wrong. I don't, I remember, I mean, I, I know back then you just had like the standard SIM card mm-hmm. and it was as simple as just slapping in your SIM card. Like that was, that was pretty much it. And these were so, like Motorola razors and that, that they, era. Yeah, the Motorola yeah. razor was like the number one seller, but there was uh I had one of those in Europe. I, I had like three of them. <laughs> uh Sony Ericsson, I mm-hmm. think, made a really yeah. I mean this is Nokia had their own years versions. Ago. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is a long time ago. Uh so yeah, that was the very first business and uh that came to a crashing halt that I seem to remember when somebody yeah. found out that that uh, we, we maybe we weren't the age of of, of necessity to open an account or something I like think, that. Am I making that know, up? No, no, that's that's pretty <laughs> much great. It wasn't uh, it wasn't the wholesale company. It was my merchant account. Uh, I forget who it was through, but they it, it, like uh, you had to do like the tax form or whatnot. And I like I put my date of birth, and they were like, uh, "You're a little too young for this." So they shut down my merchant account back in four years. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that got shut down and, um, yeah. So fast forward 12 years and I spent a lot of time bouncing around 
from the shiniest object to the next shiny object, just bouncing around, not getting anywhere. Uh, I was always doing kind of uh, the, because I had experience in like building my own website or, you know, when I was 14, like I had to create my own logo. So I did that because I had that kind of experience. I would uh, get jobs building websites, doing the logo. Like uh, I did, I was doing everything for everybody. You needed a logo. I was your guy. You needed a, uh, a PowerPoint. Talk to me. I could get it done for you. You needed banners. Boom. I could get it for you. <laughs> uh, I did everything for everybody. And uh, I also dropped out of high school, so I didn't have a backup plan to follow up. Well, you were too busy on. flipping phones. <laughs> Who has time <laughs> for school? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm hawking phones on, on eBay. So, uh, so yeah, I, I quit school and, uh, which was not smart. Don't do that, kids. Stay in school. Uh, yeah, so then I bounced around. I had a Kindle publishing company. Uh, that one, that one uh, is kind of uh, embarrassing because it was uh, we focused on uh, Amish romance novels. I, for for I, you know, I'm actually kind of proud of this. For a period of time, I was the number one publishing company in the world for Amish romance novels on Kindle. Like boom, that was. You should get a tattoo me. that says that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna add that to like my uh, to my LinkedIn page or something. Uh, so yeah, so it was bouncing around, getting nowhere, making nothing, and it was like at the end of 2016, I had a conversation with a long-term mentor, and the basics of the conversation were focus on one single thing, stop going in so many different directions. That's why you're not getting anywhere, and the thing that you focus on make sure that it can scale up mm. and that it's high profit margin. You don't want to be, you know, playing around in Kindle publishing where <laughs> the profit margin's pretty low. So I scrapped everything and I just focused on uh, my, my agency work and just focused on one single service, which was the digital marketing management. And this is uh, what year approximately? This is the end of 2016. And I had never hit my, I was just obsessed with hitting six figures. I had never hit six figures at that point. 2017, I hit multiple six figures. Uh, and then 2018 is, is the first year I did seven figures. I'm, I'm curious. So it's easy to look back at, you know, kind of the, the journey you've taken and it's okay. We finally landed on something. My mentor gave me some advice. I drilled down. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I focused on something and it's kind of paid off, you know, exponentially, obviously kind of hockey stick you know, growth up and to the right here. Yeah. But if you, if you started today, would you do the same thing? I mean, cause our, the world has shifted even with say Google ads and Facebook ads and how you mm -hmm. market in those, in those spaces. Um, is there something else that you would, you would consider in, in, in lieu of looking at those? Uh, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, that's tough to say. If I were to start today with all the knowledge I have, mm -hmm. absolutely, I'll be doing what I'm doing because mm -hmm. I believe uh, COVID just ramped things up to 100 with yeah. more people buying online, being at home, everything. So, so like this has been the best year for my business. We broke our record for best year last month. So we're, mm -hmm. we're going to have, you know, good growth this year. Uh it doesn't require much of my time. It's a fantastic business. I absolutely love it. I, if I spend an hour or two a week on it, I would be surprised if it's that. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I would absolutely be doing what I am doing right now. Uh, but go go back it 
five years ago, if you were to say that this is what I would be doing, absolutely not. That's, there's no way. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, I'd change it. So what have have you seen the, the change in the last four years in those particular spaces? I mean, how has Facebook marketing changed? How has Google AdWords changed? You know, and maybe, and the follow-up question might be what, so what's the next thing? What's the next big, you know, space of, of ads. Good question. Good question. So, uh, Google really hasn't, Google probably just gets a little bit better, slight tweaks. I mean, they're, they're, they've been around for so long, so, uh, it just gets a little bit better. Uh, but not much has changed with Google. I don't think Facebook's algorithm, mm-hmm. which is where the real magic sauce is mm-hmm. with, with Facebook. It's not about targeting, that, that you can do. It's about the targeting that the algorithm does, yeah. the AI does. That just keep it gets better and better every single day. It, it's ridiculous. It, when, when you have, most people that have maybe played around with Facebook ads have kind of a rough concept of mm-hmm. like, oh, you can, you can target, because Facebook knows everything about you, you can target specifically soccer moms in Western Pennsylvania. Right. And that are the right Amish novels <laughs> that write Amish novels. Uh, yeah, you can get very, very targeted with that. And, and for me, since I've spent so much time on it and so much money in it, and, and I, I truly have a good understanding of it. It's not that stuff. It's the targeting that the algorithm does where you can't even guess the specifics of who you're targeting. Uh, that has become extremely powerful. Uh, it was powerful four years ago, but now it just keeps getting better and better. Uh, the second part of your question, where are things going? I purposely try not to guess. I try not to play in the newest things, probably because I spent so much time mm-hmm. <laughs> in my past life with, with all of my failures tr- chasing the shiniest object. If you were to ask me this two years ago, it would probably be like, well, maybe the Snapchat thing, mm-hmm. but like nobody's really good at Snapchat ads yet. Now you got like TikTok. TikTok's more like just getting influencers and just like randomly hitting a home run. Yep. So uh, I do see, we do manage some YouTube ads. Uh, I, I feel video is going to continue to grow and grow and grow. Um, but still, I, I personally, I try to stick with the things that are tried and true that have been around for a few years uh, that I can learn from other people and not just try to like, like, the people who are profitable with TikTok right now, they just randomly went to bat and hit a home run. It was just luck. With Facebook and Google, pretty much anybody, if you follow somebody else who like knows what they're doing, pretty much anybody could step into those spaces and, and have a very positive ROI. Hmm. You, I'm surprised you didn't mention Instagram at all. It, with the brands that I'm working with, me personally, I don't play with Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, if, if you are like a clothing brand or something, a consumer right. product type of brand, yes, Instagram can be very powerful. Uh, it's just not a space that I, I play in. Mm-hmm. So I, it's interesting, you because you, I, I, you know, I've interviewed a number of people and they've talked about you know, using the AdWords and, and you know, digital marketing space. And mm-hmm. when I hear the word algorithm, I most often hear that associated with Google versus Facebook. So it's interesting that you've, that you've used that 
in, in Facebook because they always talk about, you know, how Google changed the algorithm. And I, you know, I'm going to date myself here and go back to Panda and Penguin and, you know, those, those shifts that occurred, you know, in Google and how it just blew people's SEO up, you know, yeah. or it, it shut their site down or, you know, they got, they went from a, you know, thousand hits a day to, to 10 hits a day, you know, in, in yeah. one day. So how do you, how do you kind of understand, you know, without, Facebook just sending you a, here's our brand new doc, you know, document on our algorithm. How do you understand that, you know, from a marketing standpoint? So, so I would add this as context. When I say algorithm and, and AI, I'm kind of using those interchangeably. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so for those, so for like a deeper understanding here, when people are talking about the algorithm with Google, they're talking about how Google picks your search results. That's and more specific. Okay. Yes. So if you type in, dentist Orlando. I'm from Orlando. Uh, if you type in dentist Orlando, uh, the organic search results that you see is chosen by an algorithm. Uh, I don't play in that space. That's, that's a lot of SEO. While SEO is smart, you want to certainly make sure your website is SEO friendly and whatnot. I don't like some people they 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 plan ahead based on their SEO results. They're they're banking on those results, mm -hmm. but the algorithm can randomly change. Right. I'm playing in the paid advertising space, so somebody types in Orlando dentist, the first result is going to be an ad. That you always have control over, as long as you're not getting banned or something or doing right. something stupid. Like you have control of being first there. When it comes to the organic results, you don't have control of that. So like you said, somebody could have be getting a thousand hits a day and then randomly Google changes the algorithm and now you're getting 10. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's smart to you know, take advantage of SEO best practices, maybe have a blog and do guest posts, et cetera, et cetera. But you're kind of just, you don't know if you're gonna get growth from that. You can't scale it up whenever you want. I don't, uh, I don't think, you know, planning your growth based on SEO is very smart. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, did that answer your question? Absolutely. <laughs> at, at, and it was a great clarification between, you know, how we may use terms interchangeably that may be meaning different things. So sure. Um, you mentioned a second ago about, uh, go ahead and finish. If you had something else to add. Uh, no, I was going to, I just remember now I, I was going to, when I'm talking about the Facebook algorithm or the Facebook AI, again, I'm using those, those terms interchangeably. So most people understand, how do I want to quickly explain this best? Most people understand whenever you're targeting an ad, uh, let's say you're, you're a dentist in Orlando and you want to create a dental ad on Facebook. Uh, used to be that you could get really specific and target. Uh, they've kind of changed the targeting options, but you could target women that have children that are Republican between the ages of 40 and 60. Just, that's Certain a random zip code, geographic zip areas, code, yeah. geographic. Yeah, you could get really specific. Okay, mm -hmm. and now you still can get really specific, but they've kind of taken the options back a little bit. What we do is we'll create multiple ad variations, multiple pictures, multiple ad copy, and then we'll select like twenty different audiences. So 
I just gave that example of the, the women between such and such age, and then maybe a different one, women between such and such age, same geographic region that have an interest in Oprah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll throw up like 600 different versions of ads, which is, that might sound like a lot of work. It's not because you're copying a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then the algorithm, the Facebook AI, will then target specific people based on those different variations. And then you just narrow down whichever ones are the most profitable. And I'm giving a really, really simple, quick explanation of what that is. So it might not make total sense, but how powerful that is that you can throw up 600 variations of an ad and let the algorithm, the AI, basically figure out the targeting Absolutely. Yeah. I can't even begin to describe how impactful that is when it comes to marketing. And then just to to add to that, I mean, I I was listening to another, you know, interview you had done earlier and and you, you said, once we figure that out, we can just add a zero to it, you know, and virtually you're you're just scaling something that you, you have a pretty good, you know, more than anecdotal evidence that it's working, you know, and you can kind of focus on the ones that are the most profitable. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. And like, like we were talking with SEO as an example, you can't scale up SEO. You, it, once you've proven your Facebook ad or your Google ad, these tried and true methods, you just double your budget or you triple your budget or you add a zero and boom, you're 10 times bigger. Uh, and that's oversimplifying it. There is a little mm-hmm. bit of work there, sure. but relatively speaking, that's what you do. And you can just crank up the growth and purchase more growth for your business. Now, statistically, you know, you you talk about kind of a control group and you have to have a credible number of people to have a really substantive result. So if you, let's say you've thrown up 600, you know, different ads out there and, and five of them have really shown pretty significant results. Is it, is it just a matter of scaling or, I mean, have you really, I guess, um, is, are your results credible enough that you can just double down on that? Or is it, you know, five people responded to it and it, you know, it, it looks like it's really active, you know, you understand kind of the question it's, are there enough people that are responding even to the ones that look successful to really cause you to say, man, we're, we're going all in on these now. Uh, I, I, you, you definitely want to take it a little slower than just, mm-hmm. 10 X in your budget, yeah. uh, unless you let, unless you have the money. Uh, but, but yeah, once you start to, it's more common that if you had an ad that is say you had a three X return, just throwing that number out there, you did, you did those 600 ads and 10 of them got uh, a three X return and they're profitable. If you just copy those ads and you increase the budget on those few ads, you're probably going to get the same results going mm, as you scale question. up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, again, it's a little bit more complicated than just adding a zero. Right. But, but in you know, relative terms, that's basically what you're doing. And are the results different? Like, like if you, if you look at two different ads and the results are relatively the same is is one that you may have been a lot more specific on versus one you've been a lot more general on is the specific ad worth more in essence than the one that's a little more general, even if it's the same return on investment. Uh, what do you mean by specific? 
Well, like, let's say that you have 10 factors that you've used Your targeting as demographic factors? targeting factors versus say three, but both of those ads had a three X return. Mm-hmm. So is the 10 virtually more valuable because it's more specific than the other one? Well, generally speaking, what we practice is keeping them more broad than, than specific, uh, especially if you're doing uh, certain regions. Mm-hmm. If you're doing, say, the whole nation, then you, you, you probably should get a little bit more specific. Uh, but we try to keep it, keep it relatively broad. Uh, and, and typically, you know, say you're testing, you, you say you have 10 different ads that, that were profitable. The number of target of things that we target is probably the same across the board. Right. Right. Uh, And that, that would add to the credibility of the results too. I mean, there, it's easier to compare those, you know, if they're, if they're similar, you know, just come like an AB testing, you know, type thing. Yeah. So one thing I would add there is when, when people are thinking of targeting, like the random stuff, I just, I just shouted out, uh, age women, uh, that have kids that are Republican, right? Like that's just broad sense targeting that, that most people are thinking of. Facebook is tracking like, as you're scrolling through your phone, how fast you scroll, wow. how fast you type, the language you're using. And listen, it's not like Mark Zuckerberg sitting behind a computer like, oh, this person's very aggressive. Like <laughs> crazy guy in like, Virginia. You know what he's looking at? That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's that's not what's going on yeah. here. But Facebook's tracking all this stuff and they know they're just they're comparing you and your psychological profile to other people. And they don't even understand they don't even grasp what is happening. But they allow the AI artificial intelligence to kind of connect the dots and be like, these 10 people were shown your ad and they all clicked on it. We're going to find the next 1000 people within the hundred thousand people that you're targeting that are most like those other 10 people. Mm, Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, they don't even know why they are most like those 10 people. Again, it's not Mark Zuckerberg sitting behind his computer being like, right. well, let's show the ad to these 10 people. It's all just the, the AI, the algorithm, looking at your entire psychological profile and being like, we think these 1,000 people are most similar to these 10 people. And we're going to show this ad that worked to these 10 people to these other 1,000 people. That's that's a game changer when it comes to marketing. And does the ad cost like per click or whatever per person go up the more refined you, you get, the deeper you get in the process with Facebook? Uh, if you get more targeted, typically, yes, it, it does get a little bit more expensive, uh, but the algorithm getting better doesn't typically cost you anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I would have a feeling that in the last four years, you've kind of learned some things to, um, you're, you're probably not, I would hate to use the term wasting money. You're probably not wasting ad spend at, at as much as you were previously because you, you know, kind of tricks and tips and, and ways to, to try to tar- target specific markets that are a lot more cost effective. I, I certainly, I mean, personally, yeah, I do consider myself to have gotten better, but I would, I would add this. You mentioned like tips and tricks when I'm teaching somebody Facebook ads or Google ads or anything like that. I, I tell people don't look, 
you want to focus on the, I'm really big into 80, 20 method. You mm-hmm. want to focus on the 20% of your efforts that are going to get you 80% of the results. And then just keep doing that over and over and over again. So I just focus on getting better at the fundamentals. Uh, are there tips and tricks and cheat codes <laughs> to Facebook or Google? Well, I didn't go quite that far. I was not just saying, <laughs> well, I, I meant, I've heard maybe learnings <laughs> is a better word. <laughs> but I've, I've heard, I've seen ads where people... <laughs> Literally, I've seen an ad where it was something like the cheat code to Facebook ads. I'm like, dude, there is no cheat code. Uh, and maybe maybe some person figured out some setting or something that got them results, but it was probably they just randomly went to bat and hit a home run. Yep. They probably can't duplicate that with other people. But if you focus on the fundamentals, you can duplicate that over and over and over again. And as you continue to duplicate it, you get better and better. That's the stuff that I focus on. It's, it's interesting. You, you mentioned the, I'm the Pareto principle, which is the 80, 20 rule. So, mm-hmm. but I, I have a feeling and I, I don't, I'm not trying to, to push back here on this, but I have a feeling that you understand your 20 better than you did four years ago. Oh yeah. 100%, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's the point is you get better and better at it. Exactly. Like I just kept, uh, just kept beating on the fundamentals over and over and over again. And, that's uh, like, I, I get feedback from students and they're like, I can't write good copy or what's the secret to writing good copy? What's the secret to writing a good ad? And I'm like, it's really simple. Just keep writing ads <laughs> over and over and over again and you'll get better and better and better. Like that's it. Like, cause there's nothing fancy. It's just, uh, you know, the reason I can spell your words, right. Right. But just keep doing it. Like, how did you get better at riding a bike? Like you probably went out there and you fell down a few times and then you yeah. got back up and you just kept riding the bike and now you can ride a bike with your eyes closed. Probably not recommended, but, uh, <laughs> that's how you got better. You just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And that's very few people have natural born talent at anything especially nobody's born and they're like, that's a great, he's a great copywriter. That doesn't happen. The only way you get better at these things is just continuously beating on your craft over and over and over again. And then you get better. I, you mentioned something earlier in the, in the conversation about, you know, mentor and and people you've learned from. And Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned something in another interview too about uh, a, a mentor telling you to, um, you know, something like the airline industry versus drilling for oil. Do you want yes. to unpack that a little bit? Yeah. So this was the, the conversation I had at the end of 2016 with a mentor. And uh, uh, just a little bit more context. I, at, at the time, I, I had like 10 business projects. It was going nowhere. Uh, remember I mentioned I was chasing the shiniest object. And uh, his, his, when I said about like focusing on the higher profit margin, his specific advice was stop trying to build an airline and instead drill for oil. And he goes on to explain that like the smartest business people in the world get into the airline industry and they still lose money because it's just a notoriously difficult industry to make money in. And the people that do make money, they just so happen to hit a home run. They, they were smart, but they, they just were in the right place at the right time. They chose the right market and it was a lot of luck. And instead you want to focus on something like the oil industry, which 
is a little bit more difficult to make money in now, but uh, you know, you could just be okay in that industry, put in the work and you're probably going to make a lot of money. And if you end up being exceptionally great, you're going to be ridiculously rich. Whereas even if you're exceptionally great in the airline industry, you might not even make money. Mm. So he's like, you know, I'm making, I wasn't building airlines or drilling for oil, but he's like, <laughs> you're, you know, you're doing these things like, uh, actually I'll, I'll break it down a little bit more. So I mentioned like the Kindle publishing, right? Well, I, I learned to do that because I took somebody's training program and the training program I took, the guy who taught it was, he was making like 10 grand a month. He was making six figures off of this Kindle stuff. Well, he was just really, really good at it. Like he just so happened to be exceptionally good at it. Like he hit a home run and then he just ran with it. Well, I was probably just going to end up being okay at it, which I was just okay at it. So I never made more than like a thousand dollars a month off of it. You were number one. <laughs> I, I was really good. We're at, number uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> Amish romance novels. That's my claim to fame right there. Uh, but, uh, but even then, barely made any money off of it. Whereas like with the agency, with the digital marketing management, it's a high profit margin business. And like, you know, 2017, you know, I hit multiple six figures. I still wasn't that good at it yet. But I was still hit my financial goal. So... The, 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 the lesson there was simple. It was focus on a business that is you could end up just being okay at or just kind of good at and still hit your financial goal. Which is $1,923 or $1,923 a week. $1,923 per week is will get you to six figures, which was... <laughs> For those, those of you, I've, I've talked about this before. So those of you, the listeners out there who don't know, I, I used to keep a spreadsheet and uh, I didn't, cause I didn't want to trick myself. Like I didn't, cause you know, say I sold a website, I might randomly get a check one week for $3,000. Well, great. I'm on pace for six figures. No, I, I really wanted to be on pace for six figures. So I kept this spreadsheet that tracked my previous 23, 23 week rolling average revenue in 23 weeks, because I'm obsessed with the number 23 and it's almost six months. And, uh, and I, I just had it written down that I wanted to hit $1,923 in rolling average of revenue, which would mean that I'm on pace for six figures. Uh, I, I, I had that spreadsheet for the longest time. And then I think, I think it was like March of 2017 is when it finally went over 1923. And I cried. <laughs> tears of joy. Not, it was tears of joy. I remember I, was, I still had a bucket because I, I didn't spend the money yet to buy a chair. I still had a bucket <laughs> that I sat on in my basement office. And I, and I put in that week's revenue and it, it probably went over like 2000, but it was like, Oh my God, I went over, I went over, I'm, I'm over on pace for six figures. And I cried. So the 23 is that it's either, it's either Michael Jordan or some Pittsburgh penguin hockey player. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I used, I still play hockey, but, uh, in high school, I, I got, um, I got to choose either 28 or 23. And I was like, ah, I'm going to go with 23. Cause it's Michael Jordan. Absolutely. And I had the best, the best year of my, <laughs> my hockey career, career in quotes for those of you who can't see. <laughs> so since then I've been obsessed with 23. 
There you go. There you go. Well, I um, I'm interested as you as you kind of talk about you know the the specifics of how you've launched your marketing agency and let's let's as we're kind of wrapping up today, let's drill down really to speaking directly to the audience about you know if they're thinking about launching something and um, you use the term MVM, which is minimum viable marketing, I think in, in another, another chat you were having. And it's, you know, it's the same principle as kind of the MVP, the minimum viable product or minimum yes. viable service or whatever. So unpack that just a little bit for somebody that is just thinking about starting and how you would kind of mentor them through the process of drilling down on the idea and launching whatever their service or product is. Sure. So this is any kind of product or service? Anything. Yeah. Just you're speaking okay. to people who are just wanting to get in the game. Awesome. Okay. So, so the minimal viable product, minimal viable marketing, all that stuff is very related. And, and essentially uh, I'm really big into keeping things lean, mean, and scrappy. So you want to uh, in the beginning prove that you have product market fit as fast as humanly possible. The best way to do that is to actually just do some marketing and sell your product or service typically before it's ever built. So if you have a training program like I do, don't spend six months, a year, two years building out your training program and then go to sell it and find out that nobody wants it. Mm. So if you have an idea, you have a concept for a training program and you haven't started building it yet, great go and sell it. Like go out to who you think your ideal market is, your ideal client and actually sell it. Use Google ads, use Facebook ads. That's the fastest way. Yes, it's going to cost you money, but it is worth it to get feedback from the marketplace. So maybe you, uh, maybe you have this, this training program and you need to change it into a different, different, you need to take it in a different direction. So you need to do a pivot. We always talk about pivots and startups in the tech space, right? Well, if you've spent six months, a year, two years building out your training program and you need to pivot, that's going to be very painful. Yep. You're, you're going to resist that. But if you've never built it and you're trying to sell it and you find out from your ideal clients that you need to pivot into a different direction, you're not going to have resistance to it because you haven't spent any time building it. Right. So actually get out there and sell your product or your service ideally before you ever build it and, and be honest with people we're not scamming people here <laughs> like to add that context mm -hmm. like say you're doing the training program tell people hey i'm going to be starting uh starting the actual program for four weeks from now next month okay well then you got four weeks to build it if you actually sell it and if you don't end up building it something happens you just refund the people's money and yep. no harm, no foul. Uh, but it's, it's much better to do that than to spend two years creating this concept in your head of the ideal product only to find out that the market's like, eh, we actually don't need that. Product right. Just or crickets. Yeah. Crickets are expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they are certainly expensive. Well, Dylan, this is, this has been great. I, I, um, as a, as a Facebook kind of novice, I mean, I, obviously a user of Facebook, but a Facebook ads novice. So can you drill down to the point that I know you're, you're kind of targeting specific say users, but can you target groups? Can you target, like if you have a, a group of 50,000 people out there, can you shoot an ad directly into that group? 
using Google ads or I'm sorry, Facebook ads, or is it more just the, the algorithm just has to somehow cross-reference those group members into what you're looking for? I'm going to try to answer this best I can. Uh, cause I, I think I understand what you're, what you're asking the, wait, let me back up. So say, Give me a little bit more context here so I can. Okay. Let's say you have Amish writers that has a 50,000 member group out there and you can see the group. You're not necessarily a member of it. You can see it. Mm -hmm. Can you buy an ad that specifically targets that group and it goes to all their members? Uh, If there is an interest, uh, man, I don't even know what it's called. I just know what it looks like in in the Facebook ads when you're setting it, you can, you target, uh, target a certain interest. So it can be target people who like Tim Ferriss or, or something like that. Uh, and, and the algorithm, or when you're setting up your ad, it will tell you how many people are in there. If there is a large enough amount of people, and I don't know what the specific number is. It, I, I believe it's like over a hundred thousand people have to either like a, like a page or something for them to, to allow it to be an interest. If that interest is there, then yes, you could create an ad that will target target that entire group of Amish romance novel writers. No, I'm talking about a specific closed group on uh, Facebook. Okay, okay. So, so a specific closed... Yeah, like I set up uh, a group. I've got 49,999 mm. other people out there that love the same thing I do. They're in my Facebook group and you come along and you see my group online can you buy an ad in Facebook that targets my group that my group just all of a sudden in their feed, they'll get that ad. Is it, is it that granular? To be honest, I don't have an answer for that because I've never done. I've I'm never to edit this out now that I've kind of stumped the, the expert here. So <laughs> that one intentional. <laughs> this, Sorry. No, no, this, this is, this is actually a good thing because it shows like I, I don't know the, all the specifics. I focus more on the fundamentals. So this is something that's outside of my space. I've never, I've never wanted or needed to do that. I would be very surprised if you can't. I'm, tr- I'm trying to envision in my head. But it may be what, very expensive because it's so targeted. You know, well, so the expense, it depends what's the, what's the competition. Yeah. That's kind of where the, what, because Facebook's and we are talking Amish romance writers. Yeah, so there's probably, probably not, not going to be that many people that are. <laughs> but but here's this is actually a good this is a good example because maybe for some really weird reason, uh, Red Bull. <laughs> trying to think of a random brand here, Red Bull. The algorithm has figured out that dude Amish romance novel writers always click on Red Bull ads for some reason. So you might be competing with Red Bull and Monster and Starbucks and not even realize yeah, it. Yeah, they're spinning up. Because for yeah. some reason, the algorithm figured out that those people really click on those ads. <laughs> I <laughs> That's love how it. Facebook works. <laughs> I love so it. I wish I could give you a better answer, but unfortunately I don't. Uh, I would be very, I'm trying, again, I'm trying to think in my head, like what, what all the settings are and, I would be very surprised if you can't. Depends I mean, if you, on the size. If you had a product that was so targeted to a specific group, that would be a great opportunity to advertise to a very focused, like 98% interest. You know, you knew that they were interested in the product you were trying to sell them type thing. At least it, it, it matches their interest. That, that is true. However, that's you. You're, 
what what Facebook did is it flipped who the intelligence is. It used to be like the companies that knew the most about their clients, mm. they could target specific radio stations or they yep. could target people in certain areas, demo, uh, ge- geographic areas, because they just knew a lot of that stuff. Facebook f- switches that so that now Facebook knows. So you might think this one Facebook group would really convert well for some reason. But Facebook might know better. So you might put out your ad and it ends up being, you know, you're targeting uh, Amish romance novel writers and those people might click on your ad, but it might be Pittsburgh Steeler fans. For some odd reason, they love your product or service. Right, right. So the algorithm switches and says, hey, we're looking for the 10 people. So these 10 people clicked on your ad. We're looking for the next 10,000 people that are most similar. And they all just so happen to be Pittsburgh, male Pittsburgh Steeler fans from Texas. That secretly read Amish romance. <laughs> that secretly read Amish As a Dallas Cowboy fan, I've thought that for years, that Pittsburgh Steeler fans do have a habit of watching. <laughs> of course, of I had to be talking to a Amish, Cowboys fan. <laughs> Amish romance novels. No, we're, We've thought honest, it for we're just, years. We're, we're just reading uh, How to Win, and we do that. <laughs> That's right. Speaking from 25 years of misery. Yes, I understand. Yes. Yes. Still yeah, we know me. how to win. So. Still pains me. Hey, man, this has been a great conversation. I, is there anything not. that we haven't we haven't uh, touched on that you kind of want to close out with us and just remind people where the best place to, to find you online? Sure. Uh, anything to close out on? Um, since we just mostly talked about like Facebook ads and Google ads and stuff. And you redeemed yourself at the end there with that whole facebook algorithm thing i mean you far out uh, you answered my question that you think i stumped you with <laughs> good i'm glad i'm glad uh no i i would just since you know people are probably gonna be thinking a lot about that is is don't look for the the secret sauce or something like that uh this the secret to facebook google etc is to stick to the fundamentals and just keep getting better and better and better uh and, and the best way to do that is just put things out into the marketplace and, and continuously reiterate and continuously get better and better and better. Uh, I think that would be my, my final takeaway. Uh, and you asked like where to find more about yeah, me. Where's that, the best, yeah. best place to catch you online? Uh, my website, dylanogline.com. We'll make sure and have those in the show notes. And Dylan, it's been a, it's been a pleasure to uh, just circle back and, and hear your backstory and just let, sure. I really appreciate you taking the time and just walking our audience through, you know, this, that, especially at the end there, this idea of, you know, how to kind of narrow down and, and figure out how, how you can be successful in whatever you want to launch, because that's really the, the whole premise behind this is the, our rising tide startups is just helping each other, you know, doing your part to help each other rise in a rising tide. Dylan, thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.